This week I saw someone relate online what it was like uh, in his mind. He, he shared an image that had a joke on it, uh, you know, to kind of just be treated less than a, the, the household pet. Um, it was a husband who said, you know, when my wife steps on my foot, what does she say? Sorry. When she steps on the dog's foot, what does she say? Oh, I'm so sorry. I never meant to hurt you. Uh, you're everything, you know, I'll do anything for you, all this stuff, which was awesome. And it rings true. I mean, I, I did that with my own family growing up, unfortunately. But it got me thinking because it really struck me when it comes to offending someone else, we have these categories of those who it's okay to offend and those who we would never want to offend. But then we have to ask ourselves, do we treat our dogs better than we treat God? Do we treat our dogs better than we treat our neighbors? In the first reading today from the book of Isaiah, we hear about the one who is to come, the sprout from the stump of Jesse. And they, this one is going to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit of knowledge and understanding and wisdom, but is also going to have fear of the Lord. And if you go look up in your old Baltimore Catechism, you know, fear of the Lord is given to us so that we're afraid of offending God. We think of fear of the Lord as a bad thing, unfortunately. We want to kind of sugarcoat it a little bit and, and put it in very nice terms of, yeah, it's just awe and wonder. And that's true. We should be in awe of the magnanimous love of our Heavenly Father for us. We should be in law, uh, awe of the love of Jesus Christ, awe and love of the Holy Spirit. But those that we love, we never want to hurt. Those that we love, we don't want to offend. And not only is the one who is to come in Isaiah going to have fear of the Lord, the delight, the delight is in the fear of the Lord. We need to have a renewal in that gift of fear of the Lord, that we don't want to offend God by our sins. The problem is we don't see sin for what it is, for as horrific as it is. We see it sometimes as just kind of like an oopsie, right? Just a little mistake. You know, we forget that it's offending the God who made us and loves us and holds us in being. St. John the Baptist knew that. That's why he was calling all those who came to him to repent. Now notice, John the Baptist is trying to escape the world. And so too are we. We're exiles right now here. And that's why we need that fear of the Lord, because the world says, no, 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 you can justify offending God. You can justify offending your neighbor. But we can't. But that's exactly what our sin does. And so John the Baptist, another exile in this world, goes out to a remote place, bucks the, all the fashion of his day, wears that camel fur, eats just whatever he can find, locusts and wild honey. And all of Jerusalem comes to him. See, it's wild. Those people in our lives who truly are countercultural are the ones who are filled with love, who are transformed by love, and they draw others to themselves. And John the Baptist does that, but then the Pharisees and Sadducees crash the party. The Pharisees and Sadducees come before John the Baptist, and they look the part. They look exactly what like a holy person might look like in their day from the outside. The problem is we also have an inside, and that's where sin comes from. 
The greater danger to us is not our, the externals that might come after us, but what comes from the inside. That place where we're willing to justify and make excuses of why it's okay to reject God, to offend Him through our sins. And John the Baptist calls them out as a brood of vipers. Because even though they look the part, they are not living according to that love of God. They are not following the commands of our Lord. We know we need to be called out too. Thanks be to God that purification has been happening in the church, but it needs to go deeper, especially with priests. Whenever I feel like getting discouraged because it feels like there's so much to be done, if we're actually going to follow the law of the Lord, this law of love, the Lord keeps calling back to saints. Look at the saints. That's the gospel lived out in time and space. Look at the saints. And the saints do show us quite a bit about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially the fear of the Lord. Padre Pio, before he was Padre, when he was just a little guy, he used to play with his guardian angel. That's the account. We know later on in life he'd ask people to send them their guardian angel so he could pray with them. But it's also accounted when he was a child, he was terrified of sin. If the other kids started getting into sinful behavior and what they were like saying, He'd run away. He'd run away. And we might just say, well, that's the innocence of a child. But we are called to be children of God. We are supposed to restore that innocence through the Holy Spirit in our own lives. To truly see and unmask what sin is so that we can understand what love is. St. Teresa of Avila was trying to reform the Carmelites with St. John of the Cross and I want to share with you some of what she said, but remember who she's saying this to. Cloistered nuns. And if they need to be encouraged in fear of the Lord, how much more so do us? She said, if you would gain this fear of God, remember the importance of habit and of starting to realize what a serious thing it is to offend him. Do your utmost to learn this and to turn it over in your minds. For our life, and much more than our life, depends upon this virtue being firmly planted in our souls. Until you are conscious within your soul of possessing it, you need always to exercise very great care and to avoid all occasions of sin and any kind of company which will not help you to get nearer to God. Remember who she's telling that to. Avoid occasions of sin and avoid company that's not helping you get closer to God. And they're in a convent. And yet, we make all sorts of excuses. And we're the ones, first of all, that need to change, not just our neighbor. How many have we led into sin? How many by our actions, our conduct, our conversation have experienced the sense that it's okay to offend God and that we're okay with it? Or how many times have we tried to save face by just going along with that which does not glorify our Lord? The key is that love transforms it all. St. Teresa of Avila then went on to say, Free, flee, flee from all places where there is conversation which is not pleasing to God. Much care is needed if this fear of God is to be thoroughly impressed upon the soul. Though if one has true love, it is quickly acquired. If one has true love, if we truly love God, we'll do anything, and it's not a burden to do so.
If we truly love God, we will never want to offend him and never justify it when we do. If we truly love God, if we have offended him, we come before him and surrender to his mercy. The gift of the fear of the Lord becomes like an alarm bell in us. That's not my image, that's Pope Francis. He said five years ago, fear of the Lord is an alarm. When a person is not on the right path, he settles himself in evil. When he distances himself from God, when he takes advantage of everyone, when he lives attached to money, to vanity, to power or pride, then the holy fear of God draws his attention. You will not be happy like this. This way, you, this way you will end badly. Let us pray that the fear of God together with the other gifts of the Holy Spirit will renew us in faith and constantly remind us that in God alone do we find our ultimate happiness, freedom, and fulfillment. If the fear of the Lord is not in us, we don't have that same alarm. And we go where it is deadly for our souls. We enter in so easily into sin sometimes because we've forsaken that precious gift that should be our delight. But thanks be to God, we have John the Baptist today to remind us how we get it back. We need to repent. We need to admit our sins and surrender to God completely. And that is hard. I've been doing these prayers where the direction for a few of these prayers was really serious. You had to go back through all the sins of your life. And the way that really allowed me to do that was the direction, think of where you have lived. Think of where you have lived. And at each place where you have lived, what were the sins that you were most attached to? What were those offenses that you committed that you're still even holding on to? And then I had to reflect on the fall of Satan and his rebellion to reject God, the fall of Adam, to reject the loving Father. And then you're brought in prayer before one soul who's in hell because of one unrepented mortal sin. And all that's to prepare you by seeing clearly how we've rejected our Lord for his mercy. If you think it's hard to understand how we've justified our sinfulness, it's really hard to appreciate that our God still wants us back. If you can take a breath right now, God wants you back. <laughs> he wants you back. His mercy is reaching out to you. You have been a sinner mercifully chosen. And thanks be to God, we have something we can do to experience that to the full, and that's go to confession. In the bulletin, there's a list of parishes in the area and our pendant services coming up here for Advent. And I want you to go. 18 years ago, a pendant service during the Advent season changed everything for me. I was living in the dorm. My resident assistant, who was Catholic, said, hey, do you want to go to a penance service? And I had been to a lot of penance services. My parents had drugged me to them my whole life, or the priest had been drug in at school. <laughs> And I'd been to a lot, but they were always the same confessions. They weren't confessions out of love. And I remember going to St. Matthew Parish in Topeka and sitting in the front row, and it was Father Pat Riley, God rest his soul. And I can't tell you, like, there's this, like, big movement in my heart. Besides simply, just don't be afraid. Give Jesus everything. And it was the first time I made a good confession. It was during the Advent season. I got to tell you, the freedom, the joy, 
that I experienced in that sacrament, I want us all to have. And I want it in abundance. And so does Jesus. If you have lost the fear of the Lord, you can get it back. Because it truly can be our delight to love God so much that we want to stay united with him no matter what. And that's the chance this Advent season. Allow the Lord to form your heart again. Stop making excuses of why it's okay to offend him. And ask the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit.